minutes, okay? So we will have a, a, a short, good, well, who knows? It may be a very long service. God could get into the works, and we just may be here for a long, long time. All right, children's uh, Christmas play will be Sunday morning, December the 17th. Now, our Jingle Mingle will be December the 3rd. That's our little fellowship get-together that we have at 6 p.m. in the fellowship hall. We're bringing back the ugly sweater. I know y'all are happy about that theme, along with the sign-up sheet that's on the back table. It's just finger foods, desserts, or d'oeuvres, and uh, we're good on the drinks, so just finger foods will be for the, the main thing to bring. And Cherie will need help decorating. Remember, Caneo students or anybody that wants to volunteer, this is an excellent opportunity to get those hours in. David Clifton is still asking for camera operators for our service. Please see David Clifton if you can help with this. Uh, to learn a trait like that is, is it's a good thing. It's a good way to get hours, too. We are updating our church directory for HWC. If you want to be part of the instant messaging and emails when we have special meetings, prayer meetings, maybe a special prayer that someone needs, it's very important to be on this list because we need to get the prayer chain going, and this helps. Please see Cherie Wood to confirm the information that we have is correct for you guys. All right, that's all. How many of you are ready for Thanksgiving this week? We're to be thankful every, every day. Amen. Amen. If you will stand with us. Father, we're so thankful to come into your house and give thanks to you this morning. And Lord, we offer you praise. And Lord, then we offer you worship today. Oh Lord, let it go beyond anything we've experienced or ever felt in our lives this morning. Lord, let you be the center, the audience of one this morning. Father God, we give our praise and worship to you. I ask that you make yourself uh, available to God to use you this morning. Step out, worship the Lord how you feel. Worship him because that's what he desires. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a good praise today. Come on. Give him a thanksgiving praise. Come on. Oh, we're thankful to you, Lord. Yes. Yes, Lord. I was buried beneath my shame. Who could carry this kind of weight? It was my tomb. Till I met you I was breathing But not alive All my failures Are tried To hide It was Oh, that I know. 
Somebody say, I'm going to shout a hallelujah. Let me hear you shout one out. Come on, say hallelujah. Say hallelujah. I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. I raise a hallelujah louder than the unbelief. Raise a hallelujah. My weapon is a melody. I raise a hallelujah. Heaven comes to fight for me.
somebody praise him this morning. the 
enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good oh you turn it for good you take it Lord you take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good oh you turn
Just lift your hands up in place. We give praise to you, Lord. 
shout your praise. Our hearts will cry, these bones will sing. Great are you, Lord. Come on. And all the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry, these bones will sing. Great are you, Lord. All the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry, these bones will sing. Great are you, Lord. praise this morning. Glory to God. You may be seated. <laughs> there was a reflection coming through the windows, and honestly, I could not see anything out here. So if I look blindsided, I was, but that's all right. Um, just like seeing the glory of God. Amen. And when we see that, we don't see anything else around us, do we? Ooh. Hallelujah. We sure thank you for your giving, those that are so faithful to support the work of the ministry. And we ask that the ushers will come. This is as much part of worship as anything we've done this far. I look forward to hearing the word. I look forward to seeing lives changed and encouraged. Amen. bless those children that are practicing and Lord just let them receive all they can today. Amen. And know what Christmas is truly about and Thanksgiving. Um, I'm taking a pause this year and I'm, I'm really focusing on Thanksgiving. Amen. I'm just doing it. Just something I feel like I need to do more than ever and then, then I'll move on to the tree and the Christmas. Just something I'm changing a little bit this year. I usually put the tree up around Thanksgiving because we would have family over and I never knew from one year to the next when maybe a, a family member might not be there they were getting up in age so we would kind of do that to, to make it feel more homey and we still acknowledge Thanksgiving but we wanted them to be around the decorations of, but this year I'm keeping it different we're going for Thanksgiving all the way this year aren't we? but that's, that, right. that's okay and if you've got your tree up hallelujah celebrate Amen. Jesus because you can be thankful for Jesus celebrate at Thanksgiving celebrate it all together I'm fine with that in I mean, every way makes you happy you do that that's wonderful matter of fact we'll be putting up a tree right after service today so that's great father we thank you so much for the opportunity 
yes, we to do. give and to worship you. Thank I you. thank you, God, for everyone that's here. And God, for those that are, are sick in body, we pray that you would touch them and heal them touch and make them, them whole. Those yes, that are Lord. traveling, God, yes, be with them Lord. on this highway, Father, yes. and give them a safe journey and back home. And God, we thank you for the opportunity to gather once again. Jesus, I don't know when you're coming. I feel it's soon. But Father, I've always felt it was soon. And Lord, I, I would that we all felt that way because Father, I think it helps yes, us keep Lord. a check in our spirit. Amen. Of where we're at with you. Oh, Lord, the signs are so clear. Israel's making it clear every day. According to your word, God help us to reap this harvest. Lord, help us. We should be more hungry for souls than we've ever been in our life. God, bring our prodigals home. We won't stop. We'll scream it. We'll ask it. We'll whisper it. We'll say it. We'll confess it. We'll declare it. We believe it every way within us. God, bring the prodigals home. Yes, Lord. Where yes. they belong in Jesus' name. Yes, Lord. Amen. Amen. And God, we yes, sow this seed according to that. Bring yes. the prodigals home today. Yes, Lord. Amen and amen. Bring amen. the prodigals home. those of you who heard that can turn there too. <laughs> Amen. Good to see you in God's house today. Amen. How many are hot? Is everybody hot? I may want some air on. <laughs> Would that be nice? Let's see if we can get some air turned on, guys. And let's go ahead and stand for the reading of the Word of God this morning. Um, and before we do that, we want to take a moment to focus this morning on Israel. And we're going to pray over that nation. We're going to pray on what's going on in the Middle East. And... Uh, uh, believe God, you know, to to move in a mighty way, sparing of lives. Won't see, uh, I know last night was a wonderful testimony that Deborah gave. She said many Muslims are getting born again in Palestine, in Gaza, excuse me, well, same area. They're having the same dream about Jesus, and they're turning to Jesus, praise God. And I've heard many, many testimonies like that over the years. Sometimes they'll have an, the Lord will appear to them. You know, God's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And uh, whether they are, no matter what they are, what they believe or anything else, they need God, the one true God. And uh, they need Jesus in their hearts. So we want to pray this morning over Israel and, uh, and ask the Lord just to, for his protection over, over Israel, over the Palestinian people that are there. And there's one of the things that most people don't get, and that is that 
you know, when it comes to, you have people that are marching in the streets and they're saying, you know, free Palestine. Palestine's never been a state. I mean, it's just propaganda. And I hope you know that as the church because it's important for us to know. Never has been, never will be. And uh, the two-state solution is not the answer. God gave Israel that land, the end. That's it. That's it. And uh, everybody here knows, if you, if you know anything about history and, and anything over the years that we've been alive, that, that Israel has always been more than willing to offer peace and to give peace. Matter of fact, they said if the uh, uh, Hamas would let, those, uh, let the prisoners go, that they would do a ceasefire. And that's all they have to do. So anything that you hear on TV, don't pay a lot of attention to it. I hope that you do not and, and are not swayed you know, by those things. But uh, go to the Scripture and read the, what the Bible has to say. Amen. And so let's pray this morning. I want you to just uh, pray with me. Say, Lord Jesus, we know right now you love Israel. You love the land of Israel. You died for your people. Lord, I ask you to touch Israel today. I pray for the peace of Jerusalem. I pray for the land of Gaza. I pray for that Gaza Strip, the Golan Heights. I pray for the Palestinian people. I ask you, spare their lives. We pray now that you will exterminate the terror cells and groups. We ask, Lord, that they will turn to you, but you know every heart. We just ask, take out the terror. Take it away, whatever form it may exist in. So we lift up before you Israel today, Jerusalem. We lift up that land and we pray and we plead the blood of Jesus over them. We ask, oh God, as only you can and as, on, and as you have proven through the years, you made them a nation overnight. You worked a miracle in 1967. You moved mightily in the 1970s. And we ask you now to move again. Thank you for giving Israel victory. Thank you, Father. You are the solution, the only solution. And you said you would bless those that bless Israel and curse those that curse Israel. We ask now that you will touch America. Help, Lord, the people in our nation. Give them understanding. Open their eyes. Give them discernment of good and evil that they can see what the enemy is doing and what you are doing. Father, we give you thanks right now that we believe that you are acting and moving supernaturally. Thank you for saving the multitudes of Muslim people that you're saving, Jewish people that you're saving. And Lord, we commit it unto you in Jesus' name and thank you now for the peace of Jerusalem. Amen and amen. Amen. Well, thank you for praying that prayer this morning. Uh, let's go ahead and turn today to Psalm 100. Psalm 100. And the Bible says, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord all ye lands. Can you make a joyful noise right now? What, what is a joyful noise? A joyful noise unto the Lord. Listen, serve 
serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Amen. With singing. Now listen. Know ye that the Lord, He is God. It is He that hath made us and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with thanksgiving. Now, now, now listen. This is what God wants out of us. This is Him. This is the Holy Spirit. And God is saying, He said, Hey, look, make a joyful noise, all ye lands. Enter His gates with thanksgiving. That's the doors back here. Somebody say the doors. With thanksgiving, gratitude, thanksgiving. And into His courts, that's where you're at right now, with praise. Hallelujah. Can you just give Him some praise right now? Come on. Praise you, Lord. We praise you, Jesus. Amen. We praise you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. Amen. Now listen. Be thankful unto Him. Be thankful unto Him. Go back to the previous verse. Know ye that the Lord, He is God. He has made us and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. All right, move forward again. Enter His gates with thanksgiving. Enter His courts with uh, with praise and be thankful unto him. Two times it says thankful in that verse. All right? Hallelujah. Somebody say God is good. Amen. 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 For the Lord is good. Listen to the next part. His mercy endures for a few days, a week, six months, forever. Forever. His mercy endures to all generations. Praise God. Boy, if that doesn't give you hope, nothing else will. To know that God, I don't care what generation Z, X, Y, P, L, M, N, O, whatever. That generation. Whatever generation. The baby boomer generation. The, the great generation. Whatever generation. Whatever generation. His mercy, His truth, His truth endureth. His truth, thank God that it does. His truth endures to all generations. Hallelujah. All right, let's look at 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Second Timothy chapter 3. I'd say 2 Timothy chapter 3. Is it coming up? <laughs> there it is, okay. This know also. I mean, man, you feel so good after reading Psalm 100, and here comes Paul. This know also. Look at somebody and say, you better get this one. <laughs> that in the last days, perilous times shall come. Next verse. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. What's that next word? Unthankful. Unthankful. Now, he gets 19 things, and I'll reiterate that again. He gets 19 things in this chapter, and that's right smack dab in the middle. He's listing among this. So he says, be thankful unto him and bless his name. His truth endures forever. God wants us to be thankful, have gratitude. Somebody say amen. Amen. Unthankful, unholy. Next verse. 
without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce. We have a lot of fierce people in the world. Despisers of those that are good. Next verse. Traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Next verse. Having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. And this is what we're going to read last. For from such, turn away. God is telling you when you get around those 19 things, get out of it. Get away from it. Stay away from it. Flee from it. Don't hang around anyone that has that mess going on. It'll get on you. Amen? Amen. Well, Father, we thank you for your word today. And I ask you in the name of Jesus to come and touch our hearts and minds. Holy Spirit, we say we so desperately need your touch, your mighty gifts. I pray today that you'll bring encouragement where there's discouragement, healing where there's disease, knowledge where there's confusion. Father, that one, Lord, that's at the end of the rope, you are the sure foundation. Whatever that need is today, Father, if there's someone running from you, I pray that they will run to you. God, have your way in the midst of us. Holy Spirit, we say we need you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. 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 Do you have something? I'm not sure how his message would go, but let this get you back on a happy note again. I was just reading it in the message, Psalm 100. Yes. Listen to this. It's so good. It just goes right along with, mm-hmm. with everything. It says, on your feet now, applaud God. On your feet now, applaud God. <laughs> I like that. That does make you feel better. All right, listen to this. Bring a gift of laughter. <laughs> Turn to somebody and laugh at him. No, I'm just, you know, I'm not. Sing yourselves into his presence. Woo, yes, I like that. Yes. Okay. Know this, God is God and God, God. Yes. He made us. We didn't make him. Mm-hmm. We're his people, his well-tended sheep. Ooh, I love this. Enter with the password. Thank you. you. Thank you. That's right. Make yourselves at home. Mm-hmm. You are at home. Yes. Talking praise. No negativity. Mm-hmm. Thank him. Worship him. Mm-hmm. For God is sheer beauty. That's right. All generous in love. Yes. Loyal always and ever. Always. Beautiful. Always. Love it. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated. You may be seated. So in just a few days, we're going to celebrate Thanksgiving. Thursday, we're going to celebrate Thanksgiving, uh, which has been the expression of gratitude. Everybody say gratitude, especially toward God. Now, I want you to stick with me this morning. The Lord led me in a certain direction with this, especially in the tenor of our nation and things that are going on. And, and, and listen to this. Historically, Thanksgiving or Thanksgiving Day is that annual 
national holiday marked by parades. There'll be parades on tomorrow. Parades. Everybody say parades. Religious observances. Mm -hmm. And traditional meals. Most people will have the bird. Or ham. One or the other. Where families gather together and focus for just a few moments. Now, I want you to get this. I want this to really sink in this morning. I want to give you some reflective history, just, just a little bit, just to kind of to awaken us to where I'm headed toward. Prayers of thanks and ceremonies have been common in North America and is rooted in English traditions dating back from the Protestant Reformation period. And in the English tradition, days of Thanksgiving and special Thanksgiving religious services become very important during the English Reformation in the reign of Henry VIII. Before 1536, there were 95 church holidays. I want you to listen to that. Somebody say, man, I'd like to have some of those today. 95 church holidays plus 52 Sundays when people were required to attend church and forego work. You remember when we used to have the blue law, sometime we mentioned that. It's like nobody worked on Sunday. Man, if you didn't get it on Saturday, you ain't getting it. All right? But at the same time, I want to say that you cannot legislate righteousness. You cannot force a person to serve God. You know, this is kind of where this is, is coming from somewhere. But though the 1536 reforms in the Church of England reduced the number of holidays in the liturgical calendar to 27, listen, the Puritan party in the Anglican Church wished to eliminate all of the church holidays apart from the Lord's Day, including the evangelical feast of Christmas and Easter. It was a Puritan Sabbatarianism. And like I say, you can't, they're saying we can't force people to do this. Everybody say you can't force Christianity on people. You can't force God on people. All right? And so they said that the holidays were to be replaced by special so-called days, now listen, of fasting and days of thanksgiving in response to events that the Puritans viewed as acts of special providence. That is to say, unexpected disasters, disasters of threats, of judgment from God Almighty to the earth. And when something happened like that, whether it was a, something horrible, the people fasted and prayed. That's what they said everybody must do. We have to pray and we have to fast. And then there would be special blessings viewed as coming from God called which call for days of thanksgiving. Anytime God bless the harvest, it's important to be blessed, you know, have good rains. Somebody say amen. It's important to have health, amen. For example, days of thanksgiving were called following the victory over the Spanish Armada in 1588 and following deliverance of Queen Anne in 1605. Now, I'm just telling you this is what they, they celebrated after these things. They celebrated 
And then an unusual annual day of Thanksgiving began in 1606 following the failure of the gunpowder plot. In 1605 and developed into Guy Fawkes Day of, on November the 5th. Days of fasting were called on the count of plagues in 1604 and 1622. Drought in 1611. Man, if you have drought and had not rained in a few years, how many know you need to pray and fast? Amen. Some of this is good, but some of it's bad, what I'm getting at. So annual Thanksgiving prayers were dedicated by the charter of English settlers also upon the safe arriving to here in America in 1619 in Virginia. So in other words, whatever was relative in the world or whatever was going on in the world, that's what moved them toward God, whether it was to repent, to fast, to pray, or to ask God's blessing or to celebrate the blessing of God, etc., etc. Disasters, disease, war, things like that move us to say, God, have mercy. It moves us to fast. I know that over the past probably uh, a few years, there's been a lot of fasting for our nation, movements of fasting. But that's not the answer alone. That's what I want you to get, all right? So blessings would also come, they would celebrate blessings during harvest time. If people were healthy, if there was well-being, the people were moved to give thanks to God. Look at me and say, that's warped living. We read that in Psalms this morning. God is good all the time. Man is not good all the time. God is good all the time. Man is not good all the time. You see, I believe that we're in danger in our nation because there is little reflection toward the goodness of God and His blessing. That when we seek God, whether it's as a person or we seek Him as a nation, when we're looking to Him, it brings the favor of God on us. Every single one of us should know that. When you're living right, when you're serving God and you're following after Him, there's a certain favor that comes upon your life. That doesn't mean that God doesn't favor you in bad times, and we'll find that out a little bit later on this morning. But there is a certain amount of favor that rests on a nation or a people that serve God. It doesn't mean bad things don't happen to good people from time to time. Also, that when we turn from God, there is disfavor that comes upon a nation. I want you to really listen closely because this is important. When disfavor comes, chaos comes. I would say right now it doesn't take any genius to understand that I believe that America is in a certain amount of disfavor with God. Because if I came up from when I was growing up from being able to sleep with the window up and the front door unlocked to, from now to having my, 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 my glass door bolted and shut and my main door bolted and shut and my other doors bolted and shut and cameras all over the place, that tells me that something's changed in my nation. If I have uh, uh, immorality or drag queens that are ministering to little children, to flagrant marches that are saying death to America, death to Israel that are happening in our cities in America right now. That's disfavor. 
Something's wrong in people's minds and hearts. It's called chaos. Everybody say chaos, chaos. So we look at our nation's present condition and we see corruption in the political realm especially, but also amongst banks, places of employment, industry. Come on. We see we are weak before our enemies. Our enemy sees that weakness in us. Poverty, lawlessness, dissension, division, arrogance, disrespect, addictions, hatred, hmm? narcissism, and the list goes on this morning. How many would agree I can see some of that? I, I definitely can. I, I see that in my nation. So we were just mentioning a few moments ago how that when we years ago had the blue law, one of the things that happened is it put families in a position where they were together every weekend. They cooked at home every weekend. They prepared for that on Friday and Saturday. Neighbors would come. Many times the minister would come home to the family's houses. used to happen to my house. Dad would bring the preacher. Mom would bring the preacher. You know, she'd even bring when Daddy was lost. They didn't care whether I was lost or not. They'd bring the preacher anyway. They wanted me to come under conviction. But there was something about bringing families together that really made America strong. Prayed in school, read the Bible in school, did all these things in school. What I'm getting at is that with their, I remember when President Kennedy was shot. Our teachers wept in the classroom. They came over the PA system of brokenness. Walter Conkright on the evening news had tears running down his cheeks and was broken. It was almost like America could not believe that this had happened to her, that somebody would assassinate their president but it shattered the fabric. There's so many things that were happening. Vietnam War, you know, the drug culture, you know, sex, all these different things, free sex, all these things were coming alive during that time. And, you know, you think about, you know, you see the enemy at work. I've seen him, I've seen him at work. You can look back and you can see it really clear. But when those families were drawn together, it made... America strong. Now it's almost like you got what Jesus talked about concerning the last days. You got mother against father, mother against daughter, father against son, children against parents. He said that your enemies will be those of your own household. Something has happened in America. W would you agree with that? Something has happened in America. You see, in our nation, thankfulness is disappearing. It's almost like we came out of Halloween with witches and haunts and, and everything else and came like a blaze and almost are bypassing Thanksgiving. Because the devil knows it's one thing for Christ to be born, but it's another thing for you to take the time and stand in his presence and say, Father, thank you. Man, it... That's a good place to clap. Yes, it is. It is. 
It takes something for you to stop in time and take the time to be grateful to God. And I'm, not, I'm, I'm talking about just being grateful. I'm breathing this morning. I'm not in the hospital today. I'm, I've got health. I've got a good wife. I've got, I've, you know, God, thank you. Thank you for my friends. Thank you for my job. Just taking time to be thankful. Thankful. And you see, it seems to be disappearing, which in turn is, will create a society that is void of respect and regard for feelings, wishes, and rights and traditions of other people. And that's what we see right now. You get this? Everybody say, did you get it? You see, I believe we need to return to thankfulness in our nation and in the church. Understand that, and in the church. You see, when we're not thankful for something, we have no respect or regard for it. Amen? If you're not thankful for something, you'll have no respect or regard for it. Revering God is having a respect for Him and a regard for who He is. Amen. It's like, you know, when you go to somebody's house and it's raining and muddy outside. I know that when we were, when we were growing up, we weren't privileged to have gravel on the driveway and we had mud holes everywhere. And so you got mud all over your feet. And, and you fall, if you walked to the neighbor's house or you went up to your cousin's house, the first thing that you did was you wiped off your feet and you took off your shoes in regard and respect for who he is. Let me take you back to the backside of the wilderness where Moses was when he met the burning bush. Remember that story that when he saw the bush that was not burned, he turned aside to see what was going on, and God spoke to him out of the bush. And what did God say to him? Moses, you are one handsome fellow. Moses, you are in trouble, man. You've been running from Pharaoh, and I'm telling you, I know the condition that you're in. I know you're saying to yourself, what in the world has happened to my life? What did God say to him? Moses, Moses, take your shoes off for the ground that you're standing. Let me tell you something. That ground outside this building belongs to God. The ground under this building belongs to God. The ground in Washington, D.C. belongs to God. The whole earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Somebody say amen. And I'm saying right now to every bunch that defiles this earth in any way, in lewdness, immorality with your trash, that that's my father's property that you're on. And he's saying, take your shoes off, wipe the mess off your feet, sanctify yourself. Only God can straighten this mess out. Amen. But see, this is so powerful right here. Because when you regard and respect somebody, you're going to say, oh, God, forgive me. I've got to take off my shoes. Amen. You take them off. Because the ground whereon we stand is holy ground. It's hallowed unto the Lord. The earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof and the people that dwell therein. We belong to God. This earth is His. And so I need to be grateful for that. I'm grateful for my property on 317 Scenic Drive. I was grateful for my other piece of property. I was grateful for living right here on this hill in a mobile home years ago. I was grateful. Even though the wind sometimes felt like it, was, it shook the whole house, we wouldn't stand it in a storm because it was so violent. But it's grateful for that. I'm, I'm grateful for everything that God has ever done because I believe that gratefulness is the gateway to blessing. Amen. So listen to me. See, when we're not thankful for something, we have no regard, no respect for it. We place no value, no value on what we are, we are thankful for. If we're not thankful for it. So 
Let me ask you a question. Do we all agree that we're living in the last days? Yes, I, I think so. So when Paul writes to Timothy, he's not writing to sinners. He is writing to those of faith. He's not writing this letter to condemn the church or to condemn anybody. He's writing the letter to alert us to things that we have to combat concerning the end times. So Paul lists those 19 things that we read this morning, and we'll read those again. And right in the middle of that warning, men shall be unthankful. They'll have no gratitude. They'll have no regard. They'll have no respect whatsoever. So listen to what Paul says. This know also that in the last times, perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemous, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. Unthankful is right in the middle. I think it's number eight. Without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. Wow. I read that verse, and I, I want to say to you today, I know that this is, is Thanksgiving, but in a time where there is very little thanks being given to the one who gave us everything to enjoy, I think we need to understand that our problem exists because there's no gratitude in the world right now. I hear, Deborah will tell you, I hear news commentators of every sort get up and talk. They'll say, we need to do this, we need to do that, we need to do that. And I'm up saying, no, we need to turn to this. We need this. This is what we need. If we don't have this, we have no foundation. And the storms are taking us out, my friend. Somebody said, well, don't you believe God is going to pour out His Spirit in the last days? He's pouring His Spirit out right now. There's revivals happening all over America. God is pouring out His Spirit. Look what happened in Gaza with those Muslims that we talked about a few minutes ago, being saved by the multitudes. Somebody say, God's preaching better than we are. Amen. See, it's time to put some value on His goodness, godliness as well, holiness as well. Come on. And, 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 and the life and the blessing that God gives us so freely. Amen. If we're grateful for it, if we're thankful for it, we're going to be protectors of it. I want to protect my freedom because when I hear news reporters and they come up with all these solutions and never name Jesus and never talk about God and never talk about his word, listen, we have dangerous people that are in politics right now that are not even Christian, that are of other faiths, and they're leading riots in America. We have so much corruption right now that exists. I would think back to our founding fathers and the people that are in leadership now, our founding fathers would drag them out by their shirt collars in the street, tar and feather them. Somebody said, that's, that's, that's stiff rhetoric. Well, it's true nonetheless. Then come to be popular, come to talk about what the truth is telling us. When the wicked are in rule, the people mourn. When the righteous or the godly are in rule, the people rejoice. Come on. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. You see, our present world is in the condition it's in because the world does not recognize him as creator, as the almighty God. 
dear God. If you look back through, through church history, nonetheless, you've got a people that God delivered out of Egyptian bondage, and it wasn't long until they were worshiping the stars and the moon and the earth and animals. It wasn't long until they, you know, set themselves up to have immorality in abundance, sacrificed their own sons and daughters. We, they had kings, kings. They, the Jews, God's people had kings that sacrificed their own children in the fire. That's pretty bad. See, it's no difference today when we see politicians that are selling the future generations out. They're burning children in the fire. That's what they're doing. Now listen, and it comes because they're not thankful. Somebody said we've got to be thankful. Listen, I want to read to you something this morning from God's holy word, his absolute truth. Paul is again writing inspired of the Holy Spirit to those that he calls the saints at Rome. Saints at Rome, that means godly people, right? Born-again people, listen. So Paul targets the problems of humanity that they're facing and the cause of what's going on and how it can be healed and how they can be delivered from it. It's powerful. And this is what he says, and I'm going to read the whole thing, but I'm going to read a lot of it. In Romans chapter 1, starting with verse number 16, Paul says, he gets up, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. To everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. For the wrath of God, now I'm not saying this. Somebody say, this is the Bible. For the wrath of, it's in New Testament. Somebody say it's in the New Covenant. It's not Old Covenant. I know a lot of people, you know, they want you to explain everything to them. So I'm explaining it to you like Ricky Ricardo. I'm just going to explain it to you this morning. I'm just going to let God do the talking, okay? For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. For God hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. See, there's something on the inside of you that God put in your DNA to believe that there is a God behind it all. You may deny it. You may say it does not exist. You may just say, I don't believe that. Baloney on it. You may say the whole nine yards. Doesn't matter to God. God loves you. God's already paid the price to get you born again. He's done everything that he can possibly do to get you into heaven. And he's saying to you today, I put this in your DNA. You really don't even have to have people to get up and, and point things out to you. You know down in your heart what's right and wrong. Amen. It's in your blood. It's in your DNA. Amen. It's also in your DNA to be a sinner. That's why you need to be born again. Now listen. Listen. Let me find my place. I'm going to read 22. 
okay? For the invisible things uh, of him from creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Uh-oh, this next line is going to get us in trouble. Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened, professing themselves to be wise that became fools, and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into, the, into an image made like unto corruptible man, to birds and full-footed beasts and creeping things. And then Paul keeps right on talking about this issue here. Gets into immorality, the whole nine yards. So Paul is saying that when your focus on being thankful gets off track, this stuff is what happens in the land. Amen? Amen. You know, I, I want to, sometimes you just want to scream, I need that rubber brick that Brother Hughes has got. <laughs> you want to throw it at the TV. You really want to hit the newscaster. Hmm. Use a real brick for him, he said. <laughs> it's a good one. Well, I had other thoughts going on, but that's good. <laughs> but don't you want to say, mister, you took history. You had to. You had to take history. You even had to take some Bible. Come on. They did. Because they cannot report truthfully without knowing some stuff. But they choose to believe a lie and not tell people the truth. They hold the truth from people. When you hold truth from an individual, what you're doing is you are releasing, you are releasing what lies produce. Amen? Oh, my God. Now, just, just hold on. Track with me right here. This is, this is so important. So Paul says when you get your focus off of being thankful, it gets you off track. If you're not thankful, you know, my God, if I was a news reporter, I was standing up and reporting all this stuff, and I was getting, you know, I, I was being, every morning they gave me my notes for the day. Everybody's saying the same thing on the news stations. Every day. Every day they report, they report, they report. They report on whatever the talking topics of the day are. Why can't they get up and say, look, we're going to change the talking topics and talk some truth topics today. We need to get back to the truth because in our nation, we're not thankful. I'm not thankful for being a congressman. I'm not thankful for being a senator. I'm not thankful for being a judge. I'm not thankful for being a president. I'm not thankful for being a person in a hierarchy of education. I'm not thankful for being the president of a university. I'm not thankful. See, when you're not thankful, see what you're really saying. I don't believe there's a God. I'm not going to have to answer to a God, and I don't really give a hoot what people think about it. I'm God. Hmm? Listen. So we get an attitude of no gratitude. I'm unthankful. Somebody say unthankful. See, thankful, to be thankful is expressing gratitude, and gratitude is a feeling of appreciation or a similar positive response by the recipient of another's kindness. Man, when somebody does something kind for you, you ought to be thankful for that, and you ought to in turn be grateful and let them know that you're thankful for it. 
My God, I tell you, Deborah is so good at that. I'm telling you, if I could just pin blue ribbons all over, that's what she'd be this morning, a blue ribbon lady. I'm not talking about beer either. Because she is, she's one of the most grateful, one of the most thankful individuals I've ever met in my life. From the time we got married, she sends people cards. She writes notes to them. She lets them know how she appreciates them and all that they do for them. And I'm saying to say, God, I took that course and I flunked it. That's why he gave me her, because she makes me look good. Amen. I'm just telling you, she, she never misses it. She's thankful. She's just grateful. She's grateful. Amen. And man, I'm grateful this morning. I'm grateful to have her, but I want you to know that I'm grateful for every one of you. I'm grateful for the opportunity to pastor a church. I'm grateful to God that he picked me up out of, a, out of pure hell and split me on a solid rock and gave me life. I'm, I have gratitude for that. And I have a responsibility to preach the truth because of it. So it is, you know, he, God, think about this. He, God, did something for me that I could not do. He did something for you that you could not do. The price he paid so that I could have what I have is out of the universe. I want you to get that. Somebody was out of this world. I'll say, no, man, look, it's so far beyond the universes. It's out of this. It's out. Listen, listen. Nothing of this world, not its wealth, not any, not any kind of a precious stone, not any gold, not any silver, I don't care what it is. You could give the nations any of that kind of stuff or the whole planet. You could give it all. But what I'm getting at this morning, you could even give the whole blood of every human being that's alive on the face of the planet, but that wouldn't take care of what I needed. And it wouldn't take care of what you needed. Do you know what it takes? That God Almighty the Father would do whatever it would take to pay the price to purchase our salvation so that we could be born again and delivered from all this garbage that I've been talking about and that we would become a people that are grateful, understanding nobody can pay that price except you, Father. Nobody. Somebody say nobody. 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 See, he, he had to pay the price. Your Father in heaven had to pay the price. Somebody say, what do you mean he had to pay the price? See, Fort Knox, you could empty it. Probably nothing in it, but you know what I'm saying. He looked at his son and he said, son, the only thing that we can do is you, you, have, you would have to go. See, there were counsel that went on in heaven over you and me. There had to be an agreement between the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so you have to understand that he says, son, there's not but one thing that can redeem humanity, and that is if you, the son, my son, will go and redeem them. Why? Why would it take Jesus because he is a sinless, spotless sacrifice. Separate and undefiled, apart from sinners. Jesus. And so the Father had to make a decision as well as the Son and the Holy Spirit that, okay, Jesus says, I'll do this. That's why you see him wrestling in the garden. Because that human part of him looked on humanity and it looked on the Romans and it looked on all the heathen that were there. And there was a part of that human flesh that wrestled on the inside of him that said, I don't want to go to the cross. 
You see, if you don't think that Jesus had a struggle right there, you, you do not know what the Scripture is really saying. He, he be, his sweat became as great drops of blood as it were falling down to the ground because he wrestled in prayer. Father, if it be possible, you let this cup pass from me. Yes, I love humanity. I love the creation. I love fellow man, but I don't want to go to the cross. Cursed is every man that hangeth on a tree. Cursed is every man that hangeth on a tree. Jesus had to go to the cross. And to be it on top of that, he had to be the sinless, spotless lamb of God slain from the foundation of the world to shed his blood on that cross. Because only he could break the power of sin and death and hell, the grave. Only he could set humanity free. Only Jesus. Only Jesus. You got to get this. You got to get this moment because there's types and shadows of it all through the Bible. The greatest one being Abraham when he goes up to Mount Moriah and offers his son. All the lambs that were slain down through history, millions of lambs since the beginning of, of the institution of the Passover. Think about it. The blood, the blood had to be at least neck deep. In the year that Jesus died, Josephus, the historian, tells us that 265,000 lambs died. Blood ran down those, those outlets and those drains that they had in the city streets. Can you see the blood is just pouring down the streets? But that couldn't cleanse man's sin. All it did was cover the sin. And for us to get from here to there, God is going to have to do something to open that portal up for us. For us to get behind the veil into the holy of holies. See, this is why this thing is so powerful about Jesus dying for us on the cross of Calvary and shedding his blood. Nothing else can redeem you except the blood of Jesus. His blood, his sinless, spotless blood. Jesus and Jesus alone. That's why when you hear something about Allah and receiving all these virgins and you hear about false, false doctrine, you hear about karma and you hear about Buddha and you hear about any false religion, it ought to make your blood boil to understand that God's Son came and poured His blood out for you and I so that we could be redeemed. There is no other God except Jesus. Come on. There is no God except Him. He's the one that paid the price for us. Now get this. And so when he hung on that cross and he died, and he was saying that, he said, you know, what did the thief say? He said, hey, if you could get, you know, you, if you're God, get us down from here. If you're God, get us out of this mess. Get us out of here. We know that the thief on the cross, that he, that he made it in. But I want you to understand that if Jesus had come down from that cross, we would have no redemption. If his blood hadn't been poured out, sinless, spotless blood, Jesus never sinned. That's why he had to come from heaven to earth. That's why he had to be born of a virgin. That's why God planted that seed in that womb himself. Listen, that blood was shed, shed for you and I. Jesus still felt the pain. He went through the agony. He lived in a flesh and blood body. He knew what death was when it gripped his life. And when he went, when he went from, from life to death and sucked that last breath of air in and died on the cross of Calvary. And they took him and they what? They took him and put him in a borrowed tomb because Jesus knew that he wasn't staying in the grave. Get this. It's a borrowed tomb. It goes down in the bowels of the earth, goes down to hell itself, preached to the spirits of captivity, leads captive captive. 
On the third day, he, is risen, he rises again. Now, get this. I want you to know that Jesus felt every pain, every hurt. If he had not risen from the dead, we would have no hope. And that's not an Easter message. This is the gospel. See, what I'm getting you today, what I want you to see is this. You, you've got to get this. My response when I see Jesus hanging on the cross, my response to seeing what he went through for me, seeing that blood pour from his body, seeing that Roman soldier stick that spear in his side and seeing water and blood come out of him, hearing him draw his last breath and them taking him in the tomb and, them taking, and then he had to go down into hell itself and take, take my punishment, my, my, my sin. He that knew no sin was made to be my sin that I might be made the righteousness of God in him. I could not go to heaven without Jesus. You cannot get into heaven without Jesus. Jesus is the way. He's the truth. He is the life. There's no other, no other salvation in any other name under heaven whereby we must be saved. That's why when you get born again, you should have gratitude come over you. Whew, God. Gratitude. I owed a debt he could not, I could not pay. He paid a debt he did not owe. He did that for us. That's what Thanksgiving ought to be about. I'm saying, man, when you get kids in the, in the classroom, you need to tell them the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul is saying, hey, you want an answer to get out of this Romans chapter 1 stuff and Romans chapter 2? You want to get out of the, uh, out of the sin that you were born into? you got to go through this. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Come on, somebody. Give him a praise right there. He said, it is the power of God under your rescue from sin, under your rescue to death. It is the power of God to bring you from a place of hell into a place of safety. It is the power of God to give you a preserving power that will preserve you. Come on now. Listen to this. That he delivers you from the molestation of your enemies. You're no longer under control of sin. See, being, being thankful to God being grateful to him. Gratitude. 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 Somebody say gratitude. Gratitude. Wow. Listen. I'm saved from the penalty of sin. I'm saved from the power of sin. I'm saved from the presence of sin. And most importantly, I am saved from the pleasure of sin. Something happens when you get born again, if you truly get born again. Now, listen, I believe some people have faulty experiences because if you get born again, you get changed. Something happens on the inside of you. It does something in you to take you to the Father. Listen to me. Listen. So the question is, in America and even in church, does anybody want salvation? Does anybody need salvation? Does anybody, uh, is anybody thankful for their salvation? Amen. Amen. Is anybody grateful for it? I want to say I do. I want it. I need it. God, I'm thankful for it. Amen. Wow. Now track with me. I've got to do this right here. We're going to close. How do I show my gratitude? How do I? Listen, th this would solve so many problems. 
how to get off drugs? Be grateful for the delivering power of the cross of Christ. How to be delivered from alcohol? Be grateful for the power of the cross. How to be delivered from the power of sin, its pleasures, have gratitude for the cross. Be thankful this morning. Listen, be thankful. Be thankful for your spouse. Be thankful for your kids. Be thankful for your friends. Be thankful. Be thankful for what God does. Be thankful for your job. Quit complaining about it. Be thankful. Be thankful. Be thankful in whatever state that you're in right now. Give thanks to God. And that doesn't mean you shouldn't pray and ask God to, 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 to help you and, and get through it. Give me something better. Lead me out of this. But, Lord, whatever I'm here for, you help me get it so that I can get better. Amen? Another way that I do it is listen. In a day where the church is becoming more unpopular, listen, in many realms, one of the most important gifts that God has given to us is church. Listen to me. It's where I'm tutored. It's where I fellowship with believers. It's where I learn. It's where I'm discipled. It's where I am collectively uh, 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 meet with others to honor the name of Jesus Christ and honor his word in doing it. It's where I gather in the power of his name to celebrate who he is and to act as the ecclesia on earth, that we are the governing, governing power and authority to make decisions in prayer, binding and loosing. It is where I come for healing. It's where I come for deliverance. It's where I come for agreement with my other brothers and sisters to agree with them on God's commands. Martin Luther, the great reformer, referred to gratitude as the basic Christian attitude and today is still referred to as the heart of the gospel of Christ. A study was done on feelings that reached this, con this conclusion. I want, to, I want to give this to you. Those who attend church and serve God are more likely to have a greater sense of gratitude in every area of life. Jonathan Edwards, the great revivalist, said this, gratitude and thankfulness toward God are among signs of true religion. He said the affection of gratitude is one of the most accurate ways to find the presence of God in a person's life. Christian gratitude is not simply sentimental feeling. It is a virtue that shapes not only emotions and thoughts, but also actions and deeds. Get ready to close. Jesus is traveling. Ten lepers come up to him. They cry out from a distance. Jesus, have mercy on us. Have mercy, God. And they said, what Jesus says, well, what do you need for me to do for you? They said, Lord, heal us. We know you're able to do this. Have mercy upon us. And, and Jesus said, go your way, show yourself to the priest. He didn't say you're healed. He didn't say you're delivered. And the Bible said, and one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back. 
and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, at the feet of Jesus, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. He was an outcast. One of the people that Israel despised. And Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God, that, uh, save except of this stranger. And listen, he said unto him, Rise up and go your way. Thy faith has made you whole. I'd say that's about the right percentage. One out of ten. That's sad. One out of ten that will not have enough gratitude to say, Father, thank you for giving me the gift to be able to vote the wicked out of rule. And you got people say, well, it doesn't, it doesn't help. Did you know that in the last election there were people won by one point? Wow. Father, thank you for allowing me. This is like, you know, sometimes when we get that feeling on us and the devil's saying, oh, you just stay home, you don't need to come, and then we come that day and we get healed. I said, we just come and God heals us. Uh-huh. Isn't it amazing that we come, we're in need, we're fussing at God, we're stomping our feet and acting like babies and everything else. And, and you know, God, this God, that I can't make me ends meet, I can't do this, I can't do that. And then you come to God's house and there's something about that gathering together of other believers and then God speaks to a couple of those saints within that body. And he says, go bless that man or that woman. Give them a $100 bill. Write them a check. Amen. And then you think all of a sudden, hallelujah, I sure am glad I came. Repent for complaining. See, be grateful for the body. See, God's put everything in the body that's needed in your life. See, you may not understand it, but we're, we're, when he assembles us together, our healing, our deliverance, our blessing, our sustenance, everything that we need is right here in the house. It's that when we gather together in his name and in the power of the Lord Jesus Christ, we can bind the devil and cast him out and speak the blessing and release the word of God. Come on now. Somebody, you know, when they walk out of places like that where the spirit of God is moving and the anointing is destroying yokes, they say, my God, that felt good. You know why? Because Jesus paid that price. It was his blood that purchased you. He has redeemed you, and he has put you on a level far above than you're living this morning. And that's something to be grateful for and thankful for and to say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord, for your blessing. I'm grateful for that. I understand when somebody comes to me, listen, we've been in abject poverty and not had two pennies to rub together and somebody come up to you and put a piece of money in your hand. It makes you feel about that tall. But at the same time, it makes you put a big smile on your face and look up because your Father in heaven heard you pray and heard you call on his name. Because when he sees your gratefulness and sees you in your closet with tears running down your cheek and say, God, God, you did that for me because you love me. And he says, exactly right. I gave you everything that I could ever give you through my son and I won't withhold any good thing from you. I'll give it all to you. But just be a little grateful to me. Be a little bit thankful to me. Come on. Come on, give him some thanks this morning. 
be thankful unto him and bless his name. My God. Lord have mercy. You know what? I was thinking, you know, when, when I was born again, I didn't think, let's stand together. Uh, 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 when I was born again, Alan, go ahead and come on up. When I, when I became born again, I didn't think I was worth saving. I'm serious. I didn't think I was worth saving. I wouldn't be sure God would do it. But he keeps his word. He keeps his word. Oh, man, let me tell you about the blessing of God. I went from go, having to go to an old outhouse growing up to I got a commode in my house now. Amen. I went from having to go to my granny's with two buckets in my hands and drop a bucket down in a well and wind that water up and carry the football field back to my house to pour it in a sink to take a bath that I got, I got, see, I got three showers in my house now. And I got four commodes. And I got sinks. Deborah said you have to clean them. Oh, you don't know about the blessing. No, you don't know about the blessing. You see the blessing, but you don't know about the blessing. I've tithed. I've been faithful at that. I tithed when I didn't have the money. We didn't have anything. I wouldn't even tell her that I didn't have but a couple of dollars in my pocket. And she says, you got a couple of dollars you can give me. I'd reach this and say, here it is. I'd go out and say, God, you know I don't have any money. I don't have any food to eat or anything like that. And here comes some dude at work and said, hey, man, let me take you out to lunch today. Oh, you don't know about the blessing. You see, I'm talking about being grateful. Because gratefulness will do something. It'll begin to squeeze on your heart. Are you listening to me? It'll begin to squeeze on your heart. And when you think nobody cares, there's somebody always praying for you. See, what that should do is create gratitude on the inside of you. To be thankful. To be thankful. God, I have to say I'm thankful for my mother who prayed, prayed through for me for God to save my rotten soul. I have to say, Father, thank you for every hardship and trial that I've ever been through that's taught me your faithfulness and your goodness. Somebody say, well, couldn't you learn that from the Word? Let me tell you something. I think it's better to learn it experientially because when you experience the pain, you're not so fast to cast it away. Amen. Oh, see, I know what it's like to get in the car and have the thing have so much cancer in it and you can feel the air blowing up, up on around your feet. I know what it's like to have to plan a trip and you wonder whether you're going to make it or not or get back. Come on. See, I, I know what that's like, but I also know that God is near to those of a broken heart, a contrite spirit. Gratitude and thankfulness are faith in action. It's like the Syrophoenician woman who came and her little daughter had devils. And she said, Jesus, you can set my daughter free because my God, can, hey, can you imagine having a son or daughter? We know what that's like. And you weep and you weep and you weep. Lord, you can set my daughter free. Jesus looks at this woman who's not of the Jewish faith. It's not meat for me to give the children's bread to dogs. But she knew him. I said she knew him. I said she knew him. She knew how to answer. She didn't get mad at him. She looked at him and said, oh, but yet. 
the dogs eat the crumbs from under the king's table. I'd rather have crumbs than live in sin. I've been on both sides of the thing. I'd rather, I'd rather, I'd rather have the crumbs from the king's table than to live in sin. It's not that God is a tyrant or any of those things. He wants you to understand, I don't care where you've been, what side of the tracks you were born on, how far, how far you've gone in the darkness or what the problem is in your life. I love you. I'm going to meet your need. I'm going to take care of you. All I want out of you is for you to approach me with regard and respect. You can't come at God and point at him. You owe me this. I did this for you. Honey, you're going to get shut down. God's going to say, oh, by the way, that finger you pointed at me, I made that for you. That ground you're standing on that you did that, I made that ground. That air you're sucking in, I gave that to you. It's the, it's the, it's the Lord your God that gives you the power to get wealth. He just wants you to be great and to understand. This is what America needs to get doesn't matter what it is. That's what he's talking about in Romans. God created it all. He created it all. And he loves us and he gives it to the sons of men to freely enjoy. And all he wants is grateful lives because when you live a grateful life, you know what you're going to do? You're going to respect the master's house. The earth is the Lord's. The fullness thereof. I'm going to respect you, Jesus. Because number one, I'm not going to have sex in the back seat of an automobile on your front lawn and come and act like Sunday morning everything is all right. Lord, I'm not going to, you know, treat people like garbage and then come in and act like some holy, sanctified, dignified individual when I've been like a devil all the week because the eyes of the Lord see it all. He just wants us to be grateful. Gratefulness. Thankful. I'm thankful. Are you thankful this morning? Are you thankful for that roof over your head, for that car that you drive, for those clothes on your back? Are you thankful? Let's let every head be bowed. Are you grateful? Are you are you thankful today? God, help us to be thankful, especially this Thanksgiving. You know, when you get around that table, and I hope you do with your family, there might be one of them missing next year. It might be the last Thanksgiving some of you have together with a family member. I don't mean to say that in a, in a way to, uh, to manipulate or control you, but it's true nonetheless. Be grateful. Be thankful. Be thankful. Be grateful. Are you grateful for that job? Are you grateful and thankful? If you're here today and you do not know Jesus, I want to give you an opportunity to come to Him. God gave the best He had, the very best. He loves you. This world's going crazy. This world's in chaos. But I'm going to tell you, God is not confused. And God can help you today. If you want someone to rescue you from the fears and the doubts and the torment and the, the 
all the stuff that the enemy is bringing into the world. You need Christ. You need Jesus. You've never been born again. Maybe you've drifted away from God. Maybe you need to be a a rededication of your life. I want you to come right now and meet me at this altar. Come and meet me at this altar today. Just being grateful, thankful. I need to be saved. I need to be born again. I need my sins washed away. Father, I respect what you did for me through your son. I respect it. And I want to receive that. I want to receive that, Father. I want you to come. If you need Christ, I want you to come. If you've drifted away, I want you to come you to come. He loves you. He loves you. He paid the price for you. I'm going to wait just a few moments. I feel the Holy Spirit working. I feel the Holy Spirit working. You need Jesus. So if you feel that tug, your heart obey that you feel that tug in your soul I want you to come come in Jesus name in Jesus name just get it under the blood get your sins washed away come on in Jesus name Holy Spirit Holy Spirit break every lock that's high. We bind every power of the enemy. We lose the liberty that's needed. Father, today in the freedom to respond to your presence. Holy Spirit, have your way today. You need Jesus. Jesus. You need Christ. Right now, this is what I want you to do. I want you to just begin to thank him and show him gratitude this morning before we're dismissed today. I want you to give God some thanks and gratitude for all that he's done for you throughout the year. Just begin to lift up your voice and say, Father, I thank you right now. God, I, I am so grateful. I'm grateful for the privilege to be in your house today. I'm grateful, Father God, for your goodness. I am grateful. Father God, for Lord, your blessings. I'm grateful for family. I'm grateful, Lord, that you are with me. I'm grateful that you never leave me, that you never forsake me. I'm grateful, God, that you're for me and not against me. I'm grateful, Father. I thank you today. I thank you that you're the keeper of my soul. I thank you, Lord, that you're my help. You're my deliverer. You're my strength. You're my rescue. I thank you today, God. Oh, I bless your name, Father. 
I bless your name, Lord Jesus. I bless your name, Lord Jesus. I bless you, God. I bless you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I want to, this morning, um, remind you, prayer meeting Tuesday night, Wednesday night service. Uh, we're going to have a communion service Wednesday night. And uh, so I invite you to come and, and let's fellowship with the Lord together in holy communion. And I want to remind you again, don't forget, if you're going to double up on anything, double up on thanks. Let that be a great reflection this week. Also, continue to pray for the nation of Israel. And so that we believe in God that now as, as everybody's focused on the nation and praying, you know, that this weekend that we're going to see a breakthrough happen, you know, for them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May he be gracious unto you. May he grant you peace. In Jesus' name, amen. You are dismissed today. And if I do not see you before next week, have a great day.